Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the Hard Way to Enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at nortonsimon.org. Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. Follow Jelly Roll Morton, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz, in this ambitious musical masterpiece that's sure to blow the roof off the theater. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. It's Film Week on L.A. Estate 89.3. I'm Larry Mansell. Well, it's been nearly a year since the film Past Lives arrived at the Sundance Film Festival and was met by immediate audience and critical acclaim. The film was released in theaters around the middle of 2023 and has continued to garner fans of Celine Song's very intimate first feature film. She's a playwright, a screenwriter, and a director with past lives, and has an absolutely wonderful cast led by Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Magaro. We're so pleased to have with us Celine Song, writer and director of past lives. Thanks for joining us on Film Week. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. First of all, I just want to ask you about the whirlwind uh, that's been going on with Golden Globes and with all the different press appearances. For for a first-time director, this has to be quite a, a wild experience for you. Totally. I mean, I feel like there is just a there's a kind of a surreal nature to it all. And I think that, you know, this is what I could have just dreamed of, which is for this movie to uh, connect with people and then for, uh, you know, uh, it to sort of like keep living and keep living throughout the year that it's uh, being released. And I'm, I don't know. I'm just so happy. That's great. That's great. You're, you're, you haven't burned out on it and you're enjoying it. So let's talk about your personal experience, which led you to develop the screenplay for this movie. You yourself are Korean-Canadian, just like the protagonist in your film. Um, you had the experience of meeting someone who had been a childhood friend when you lived in South Korea, and you're married to a white man just like John McGarrow's character in this film. So how much of this is taken from your personal experience? Well, I think that it really was inspired by this one night uh, in East Village in New York City, where I found myself sitting between my childhood sweetheart, who had come to visit me from Korea, who's now a friend, and uh, my husband that I live with in New York City as a fellow New Yorker. And I was translating between these two people who care so much about me and in such different ways. And uh, I was translating between these two people in not just in language, but uh, in their in the culture and also you know, history in my own history of my own identity of, you know, like I was talking to one part of my life and then speaking to, and translating what that is to the other person. And I think that felt so extraordinary to me, even though, of course, it looks like from anybody who's looking at us that the three of us are just ordinary people. So it really was this really extraordinary moment in my life um, that, you know, of an otherwise an ordinary life. And I think that really... Uh, was the inspiration for the whole film. So it started really autobiographically. One of the things that's so poignant to me about the film is it's not an explicitly romantic film. What I mean by that is it's played very naturalistically, and so you don't use music. You don't need lead have certain clues to sort of lead us to how we're supposed to feel about it. And that shows a real confidence in the audience 
but also in your ability to convey the inherently romantic nature of the material without using those devices we're so used to seeing. Explore a bit with us how you felt, how you felt free to do that. Well, I think that there is a drama to and love in our own lives that I think that uh, it really all it needs is for uh, a beautiful point of view to be appointed in that direction. So I think that it was so much more about, well, how does this actually feel to us in our lives? Because there is romance in just living your life for many decades and across many continents, right? And I think that alone, just depicting that uh, accurately and, and authentically, I think I, I think I had a little bit of a trust in it. I think it does come from my background in theater, that like I have a lot more uh, belief in the audience's uh, patience, and the audience's willingness to sit in silence or to really take the moment to examine what's going on in their own lives. And I think it really is a leap of faith, too. Well, know? and in theater, you know, much of it is is driven, of course, by by the dialogue. In a film, you're relying on, on closer-up visual aspects. But you have a lot of time without people talking, too, where we're seeing their facial reactions, where they're... And so as, as you're taking your experience as a playwright and directing uh, stage productions to making your first feature film. What are the things that you you had to learn about that process? Well, I think that silence itself is a, a language of its own, too. So I think uh, so. a lot of the building blocks of what I know from my 10 years in theater uh, were then able to be applied directly to filmmaking. I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, both uh, working in theater and working in film comes down to story, character, the sunrise and the sunset on the actors' faces and the way that the audience is going to connect with that. And I also know that the audience is unbelievably emotionally intelligent uh, when it comes to being able to sniff out uh, what feels true and what doesn't. Right. So I think that those are all the things that I knew from uh, my time as a dramatist generally uh, that I was able to bring to filmmaking. I think the things that were difficult is like, you know, how to read a call sheet. You know, there are some parts of filmmaking. <laughs> nuts and bolts. Yes, nuts and bolts. Managing a, a film production. Exactly. And I think that part of it is about, uh, you know, uh, learning about who I am as a leader, who am I as a director and who I am as somebody who can communicate the vision of the script that I wrote. And I think as a communicator, basically, and I think that those are things that like I learned about myself and something that, of course, uh, I couldn't have done without amazing collaborators surrounding me, making sure that um, they're looking at all the blind spots that I obviously will have because as a first time filmmaker. Yeah. We're talking with Celine Song, who is the writer, director of Past Lives, a beautiful film that for nearly a year now has been getting plaudits for her script, for her direction, as well as for the acting in the film, which stars Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Magaro. Speaking of your relationship with your actors, um, they have experience that you don't in terms of filmed productions. You un undoubtedly, I'm assuming as as a stage director and screenwriter, you rely on audience life response and it helps you perhaps getting feedback and craft how you're how you're going to direct that production. 
with film, you don't have that immediate response, mm. and you have these actors who bring in their own experience working for other directors. Was that daunting at all for you? Were there were there things you had to work out in sort of how you directed the actors, given that dynamic? Well, I think that, well, first of all, I feel like the crew is uh, the first audience in that way. <laughs> so I think that, you know, the main thing that I was feeling so much is that, like, well, that's how I was able to form such deep uh, and intimate relationships with with my actors because it has to feel like uh, they're not just showing up to play a part. They're actually going to uh, fully embody and become a part of this film because that's what we have in the movie. The movie doesn't have uh, CGI or costumes to help them. It really is just uh, the way that they're going to go through uh, uh, extraordinary emotions and how that's going to uh, connect to the audience. That's really the that's really the beginning and the end of it for the film. What are the ways that if this is uh, such a personal story for you, you have such a vision of what you want it to be, how much direction did you give your actors to hit the tone that you were seeking, the degree to which they're, say, openly romantic or openly ro- emotional versus withheld? Well, I think sometimes down to, uh, like, percentages and numbers like I feel like it is wow. such a it is such a direct thing that we're also working together starting from uh honestly for us uh, from their auditions and then to rehearsal and then on set rehearsal and then to when we uh do our first take and we move on to the second take I think it is a non-stop communication about what we're both pursuing you know if it's me and Greta it's what we're both pursuing to find Nora so it really is uh, going to end up being like a very technical thing. So it wasn't just a tone where we're like, well, let's feel it out. It's so much more about like, we know what is going on in this scene, right? And then we're going to build a tone on um, how she feels about that. And so when that you feel? say when you say percentages, you mean like pull that back 10%? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, well, yeah, I think you believe this and you feel a little anger about it. Uh, and I think that's about 20%. You know, I wow. think it's like, it can be like that. But of course, I can't do that without uh, actors who know uh, that deeply. Who can read that person, what exactly. that means. Well, they they're have such complete control of the instrument that is uh, their performance and their body and their face and their language. So without them have, being such expert performers of uh, their instrument, which is their... Um, their whole being. Yeah. I don't think that it was going to be possible, but it you really You are the orchestra is. conductor. Exactly. We'll yeah. continue with Celine Song, who is the screenwriter and director of Past Lives in theaters now. We'll be back in just one minute on Film Week. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or The Hard Way to Enlightenment by Conrad Wolf and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Fridays, now through May 31st. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. When Jelly Roll Morton's soul is forced to face the music, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz is left at the ultimate crossroads. This lively musical follows the journey from the back alleys of New Orleans to the sparkling stages of New York, featuring a sizzling bandstand, electrifying tap dancing, and soulful tunes. On stage for four weeks only, Jelly's Last Jam. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets available now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org.
It's Film Week on LA Estate 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. So good to have you with us today. A reminder, in case you missed any of our critics' reviews earlier, you can listen to Film Week wherever you get your podcasts or at LAS.com. We're talking right now with the writer-director of Past Lives, film which tells the story of a Korean-Canadian woman who's come to New York City where she's had some success as a playwright. She has met and married at a writer's program retreat, uh, a white man who's also a writer. They live together in the East Village of New York. And at a couple periods in her life, the protagonist has had contact from the man who was a close friend of hers when she was a girl growing up in South Korea. They meet together a a decade after she and her family leaves and emigrate to Canada, and uh, that uh, conversation is conducted over Skype. Uh, He then goes on to his professional career as an engineer, and they meet up later in New York City. And and there's really no plot to reveal here. It's all in the interactions between the characters and the power of those expressions. I want to say all your actors are strong, Celine, but Teo Yu... That's a very tough role for him to play as someone who clearly has this yearning to connect up with this girl that he had grown up with and that he misses and that connects to a feeling that he had in his boyhood but uh, who also was a professional man and and is is not someone prone to big displays of emotions. I know he's a very experienced actor. He's done a lot of stage work as well. He's worked in international productions. What were the things that you told him about ways of so subtly expressing what's going on in this character's emotions? Well, I think that, you know, one of the biggest things that we talked about so much is that even though this is a romantic film and there is romance in it, it is not really a film about dating or flirting. It's a movie about love. It's a movie about love that sometimes does not have a clean name, right? It's not just as simple as, I think sometimes it's like marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend or something like that or partner. But I think there's some love where we can just feel that way about some people who just have come in and are out of our lives a few times. And you can feel love for them too. And you can feel love for a stranger who showed kindness or maybe you can feel love for somebody who you haven't talked to and. 30 years. So I think it is so much about that ephemeral nature of love. So something that I knew that um, was really important for the character of Hesong is for him to not know that he is in a romance. So even though he is, of course, the uh, the center of the uh, the romance of this film, it was so important for my work with Teo. Um, and this is something that Teo and I were talking about all the time, about how f- from uh, Hesong's point of view, uh, he's not in a romantic film, right? He's actually just living his life, and he thinks that uh, he really uh, is going through uh, his experience feeling like, well, I don't know why, but I feel longing for this friend. Mm-hmm. I feel longing for this life, and I keep thinking about her. And maybe it's not such a simple thing of like, well, I want I want her to be my girlfriend, but it's just a feeling of like, I don't know why, but I just think about her sometimes. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the film All of Us Strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, Andrew Scott was just in the star yeah. of that to talk <laughs> about it. And your films are very different, but what both of them do is really set us to thinking about our past mm-hmm. and about experiences for those who haven't seen All of Us Strangers. He, he goes back to his childhood home, and there are his parents from when 
they died when he was just a, a boy, uh, 12 years old, I believe. They were killed in a car. But they're there, alive, and he has all these conversations with them. Yours is about, you know, yours is very real. It's, it's not that sort of almost a ghost story. But it does get us to thinking about those relationships and the sense of, of our past. How does that, in, in your mind, sort of relate to the, to the present-day relationship that your protagonist has with her husband and the part of her that maybe he can't ever know? Well, I think that what you're talking about with the ghost story part of it, I think that is just true. And I think we experience the ghost story of it uh, in our everyday lives, too. And it's so uh, simple. It's just really more like, uh, you know, reconnecting with somebody who knew you when you were a kid and suddenly you feel like you're back to being that kid. And it's and it's like it's it's and I feel that way, for example, when I'm like back at home with my family and then I'm suddenly like, am I 16 again? Like complaining about laundry, you know, <laughs> like it's like it is such a special thing. But I think that to me, the two men in the film, what is really important to me about uh, their masculinity, too, and the way that they interact with each other is that it is so easy for the two of them to um, be uh, be awful to each other, or be angry with each other. But instead, what they're going to decide to uh, acknowledge and love about each other is that both men uh, ha- hold a key to this woman, the main character, Nora, that the other guy doesn't have. And only when both men are able to be there for her um, is she able to become whole. Only together can they unlock who she is. And um, it's easy for the two of them to, you know, try to fight each other for the other key or resent each other for having the other key to this woman. That would be a typical Hollywood approach. Exactly. Then it would be it would be a typical romantic romantic uh, triangle. But instead, what they're able to do is to look at each other and say, like, I'm so glad you're here because I just know that because you have the key to her that I myself don't have, together we can uh, make her happy. Together she can be uh, whole and she can be full. I understand that you actually kept the actors separate until they came together filming the scene where they actually meet. And that clearly worked as intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, so the characters, uh, the two men, uh, Hezong and Arthur, uh, they're there were we. Uh, it was a amazing effort from our uh, AD department, and we kept these two actors apart. You know, timing their hair, makeup, and things like that until the scene where they see each other for the first time uh, in uh, Nora and Arthur's uh, apartment, and uh, we were rolling when the actors met and that shot is in the film because it was the uh, best take. And I think that us, because we don't have CGI or uh, costumes to really help them, um, but we also have to uh, explore extraordinary, very powerful and like uh, reality-breaking kind of emotions, I felt like doing that extra thing to help them uh, as we're rolling I just felt like it would be worth uh, at least trying. And mm-hmm. I think that it was such an amazing thing because, for example, when they first saw each other for the first time, what they felt, both the jealousy and the feeling of uncertainty and uh, also a kind of love, being like, man, that's the other person. You know, the feeling of like, huh, that's the other person who was really important to her. All of those feelings were then able to uh, permeate 
through the rest of their performance in that scene, but of course the scene that came after the bar, yeah. everything else. Because yeah. it's all proceeding in a similar time frame as it would in the real world. Exactly. Selena, I wanted to ask because you know you you have the stage experience. You wrote the first season of the Wheel of Time yeah. series. You're on the right, so you had that experience in filmed entertainment. Um, is, is, so you feel like this movie directing thing is for you? You want you want to continue this? I assume. Yes, that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, really? So you're yeah. ready? You're put aside um, plays for a while? Well, I think that you know the part of the the relationship that I the thing that I realized when I was making past lives is that the most powerful revelation in all of it is that I am a filmmaker. And it really felt like, I think I told my uh, husband after a few weeks of being on set, and I think I told him after I came home from set, I was like, you know, the truth is that I, I think that I've met the love of my life. And I think that it is uh, making movies. And that I still feel that way. I think that that's all I want to do right now. And um, it was such a revelation for me as a person and a and an artist. And I just learned that this is this is where I belong. This That's feels like great. home to me. Yeah. It's great. I understand what that feeling is like. Yeah. I, I feel that way about my work. When you find Hold it, that. there is just there's nothing like there's it. There's nothing like it. And then and it's it is such a uh such a powerful thing and you're never gonna be the same again. And past lives just uh, uh making past lives really changed my life in that way. Celine, thank you so much. A beautiful film. It, it's still hard for me to believe it's a first movie. You didn't even do a student <laughs> film. This is this is it, and uh, it's it's truly wonderful. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thanks, Such I enjoyed it. Celine Song is the writer-director of Past Lives. Thank you so much for joining us for Film Week. Again, if you missed our critics' reviews, it's easy to hear the full hour of our program. Go to LAist.com or download the podcast and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. From all of us, have a great weekend. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.